instrument of praise. I am an instrument, instrument, instrument of praise. I am an instrument, an instrument of praise. I am an instrument, an instrument, an instrument of praise. Good evening, good evening. Come on in, share and notify. Tell somebody the Manifesting God podcast is on the air. Come on in, share and notify. Share and notify. Good evening. Hey, good evening, good evening. Hey, pop, pop, hi, mama. Hi, my feelings. Hello, this Jennifer. Hello, Dad. Good evening, everyone. Come on in, share, and notify. Don't forget to download Instrument of Praise by yours truly. Come on in, share, and notify. Come on in, share, and notify. Hello, hello. Hello, Atlanta. Hello, Ohio. Hello. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining. Thank you, iHeart, for joining. Hey, hey, thank you. 
Come on and share and notify while you had it. Download Instrument of Praise by Marie Elizabeth. That would be me. Come on. <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Come on in, share and notify. Come on in, share and notify. So good to see you on this Monday. You all see me clearly this time. <laughs> good evening. Oh, good, good. You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Again, you are listening to the Manifesting God podcast. I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. Let's pick up on what we were talking about on last week when we were talking about the unwitting accomplice. Let's do a part two. So if you recall, I'm looking over here at my notes. If you recall, we were in 1 Timothy 5, and I started at verse 17 and went down to 24, but I'm going to start, uh, you know, I'll pick up right there. No, I'll pick up at verse 22, where it says, do not hurry to lay hands on anyone, ordaining or approving someone for ministry or an office, or an office, wait a minute, thing moved, or an office, where'd it go, where'd it go, bring my screen back down, bring my screen back down, um, or an office, or an office, what is it, what is it? or an office in the church, or in reinstating expelled offenders, and thereby share in the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. Keep yourself free from sin. No longer continue drinking. Only water, only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. And then he says, Paul says to Timothy, the sins of some people are conspicuous, conspicuous, leading the way for them into judgment so that they are clearly not qualified for ministry. But the sins of 
others, they appear later for they are hidden and they follow behind them. If you recall, when we were talking about um, becoming an unwitting accomplice, when we were in part one, I said that when Paul was talking, he was talking to Timothy as the leader, and he was talking to him as the leader of the church. And don't don't be so so moved by everything that's happening around you, or don't be so quick to engage those who have not shown proof yet of their deliverance. And, and when I spoke this to you on last week, I was saying that we want to be, we want to look at the scripture and say, you know, how does this relate to me? How can I apply this to my life? And I mentioned that you put yourself in Timothy's place and now you are the leader. And now you are the leader, what, of yourself. You are the leader that should be making sure that you are not, as uh, Joshua did, coming into treaty with what you know not, uh, coming into agreement with what you know not. And he says in verse 22, don't be in a hurry to lay hands on anyone. Don't be in a hurry to come into agreement with them. Uh, when Joshua's case, they, they came into agreement with the enemy, the enemy of the land that they were to take over. In your case, don't be so quick to come into agreement with people before you know them, before their sin shows up, the sin that they have yet to be delivered from, the thing that they have yet not let go of. Because when you do that, you become an unwitting participant. You don't know you did not know that that's what you were coming into agreement with. But in verses 21 to 23, if I can back up in 1 Timothy 5, it says, God and Jesus and angels all back me up in these instructions. Carry them out. Carry them out without favoritism, without taking sides. Don't appoint people, and this is in the message version, to church leadership positions too hastily. If a person is involved in some serious sins, you don't want to become an unwitting accomplice. In any event, keep a close check on yourself and don't worry too much about what the critics will say. Go ahead, drink a little wine, for instance, it's good for your digestion, good medicine simple what ails you but he was explaining to them explaining to Timothy don't be so quick to to move people and I said personally this can apply to you because even though Timothy was a leader and he was saying don't be so uh, quick to give people positions and their in their worship in their gathering and that group of people I was saying to you how it applies to us is don't be so quick to give people position in our lives. Don't be so quick to, to come into agreement with them when you don't yet know them. Remember, we defined unwitting as being without being aware. Um, we, we defined it in the Greek as even meaning to be unconscious. And then when we talked about an accomplice, we said that was a person who helps or joins another in a crime. It's, some, it's a word that is associated with 
aiding someone else. And then when you get to verse 24 of 1 Timothy 5, it says the accomplice of thieves, they're their own enemies. They are put under oath and they dare not testify. And this scripture, remember I told you, is tucked between um, Proverbs where it says, um, is tucked between Proverbs, between a Proverbs 23 and 25 that talks about the pride and the fear of men, where when they're accomplices, you're your own enemy. You're your own worst enemy because you don't even know. You don't even know what you've engaged yourself to, what situations and circumstances you become in relationship to. So we have to be very careful about the relationships we have. And remember, I told you that the reason why we have to be careful, because we must remember that Christ died just so that we can have relationship. So that tells us that relationship is important to God, that he would put himself in a a part of himself in the flesh and come into the earth and be a blood sacrifice just so that we might have the choice should we choose to be in relationship with him. So God values relationship. And then remember I said that the Holy Spirit comes and he solidifies that relationship with knowledge. He solidifies that relationship with understanding as to who God is. As we read those scriptures, as we read the word of God, it brings us into a greater understanding of who God is so that we we can understand that within the context of the relationship that we have with Christ, we understand that he ascended after descending and he gave gifts to help us mature as the body of Christ. We also understand that within the context of that relationship, as that maturing body of Christ, we begin to grow into that stature of Christ. And part of that growth is being able to walk in unity with each gift, merely drawing from the other to fulfill a vision, to fulfill the purpose, to fulfill the purpose that God has put in each of our lives. So even in the process of walking together in unity, we're we're, uh, uh, restarting again more of what Jesus started with us, relationship. We also understand that within the context of that relationship that we live, we live in the context of that relationship. We don't die. Our, the purpose is so that we can declare the works of the Lord here in the earth realm. So everything, everything is encompassed in our relationship with God. We are nothing without our relationship with God. That's why we value that because we value that relationship with God, we're careful about relationships we enter into. We just don't enter in haphazardly. I'm not saying that God is not going to bring people into your life that you you feel like, oh my goodness, I feel like this is just a, a gift from God because God does do that and you will know when he does that. But in the same token, people that you just come into contact with, 
maybe people that you minister the word of God to, minister a word of hope to, uh, minister a word of recovery to. They may not have been meant to be in your life, but for a season, but they may not have been meant to be in a relationship with you that goes past a season. Sometimes we're forcing relationships because of our insecurity, because of what we lack, but we must be careful to make sure that the relationships we enter into, that God can get glory out of those relationships to make sure that we are indeed joints that are impacting each other in, in, the, in the mission or in the promises as they were of God. So when we get into what we're talking to today, which we're continuing our conversation on the unwitting accomplished, and we're having this conversation with the scriptures, as it were, it has not um, escaped me or gotten by me that everyone does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, that's a part that we cannot ignore because we can get caught up sometime and, and forget that all gifts and callings, they're without repentance. So whether or not a person believes in God, the gifts are still there. So we can't think because we see a gift operating in the body of Christ as uh, a believers would, that, that, that automatically is someone that we can be in relationship with because that's not always the case. See, because if they're able to tap into the plan that God has for them or has within them, they tap into the principles of God, such as sowing and reaping. They too can have that good plan. They too can have that future without relationship with God. But guess what? They still need relationship. So if that relationship is not with God, guess who they're building their relationship with. Guess uh, who they're, the plan of their lives is being given over to and who's going to receive the glory of the manifestation of that plan. That would be Satan. If he is the God that is being served, he gets the credit for the plan that God has created. Why? Because we surrendered it to him. We gave it over to him. We gave it over to him and the relationships that we chose. And if I don't have your attention yet, let me just say it like this. If God, if the Lord Jesus Christ is not the one that is being acknowledged, the substitute for Satan, some might refer to as, uh, you know, you, they won't say God. They won't say Jesus. They say supernatural. They say the universe is telling me, but they won't give the credit to God by his name, God. We hear these statements in our churches and not because the person is speaking those words does not love, always love God. It's not always because they don't love God. Sometimes it could be just because they don't know. They don't know. See, because God, let's be clear, God is, God is, uh, he is, he is God. He is 
I am that I am. He wants to be referred to by his name, just like if you're in a relationship with a person and you want to be referred to by your name. Instead, what some people do is they gravitate towards the understanding of God that the world has, a general understanding. This, I know there's something, but I don't know exactly what it is because I don't have a relationship with it. So I cannot call it by name. So through studying the Bible, there's a distinction that is made to those of us who read our Bibles, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a distinction made so that we are clear on who the true and living God is. So God, so that God is not regulated to a, a worldly definition that has a big connotation uh, where where God becomes God. But the, the point is, if you're not referring to him as God, as the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, by his name, now you're referring to God as in the little g. See, because anywhere that Satan can slip in and cause us just to make little changes, just little changes, little changes, little little changes that cause God not to be fully God in our lives. He will slip in and he will do just that. It's a it's an immediate and a very subtle um, change and a subtle choice of the believer who subscribes to this. Um, what seems to be a small change, it just seems to be a small thing, but the fact is they don't understand they their entire context has been altered. It has been altered by one little change, by not referring to God as who he is, the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. You have completely blotted out the salvation which is the foundation of what of what you're standing on so we have to be clear that god is god defined as i am that i am that definition alone alone is outside of the context of what can be comprehended if you're not in a relationship with him when we attempt to understand God outside of the context of who he is. You know, when we when we attempt to make him fit into a, a, a connotation that the world can understand, then we are minimizing his power in our lives, his power to change, his, his power to save, his power to deliver. We're limiting what he can be in their lives and what he can be even in ours, even in ours. Uh, see, because God, he is not a person that's going to just answer to any name. He wants to know that you know who he is. He wants to know this. Yes, we can describe him as Jehovah Jireh, our provider, but we actually have to know his name. We actually have to know his name. See, because Jesus Christ is not answering to any other name than the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is not answering to any name other than the Holy Spirit. Here, here's the thing. You are not answering to 
any other name than the name that has been assigned to you. Let's go for examples. I grew up and I had, you know, you grow up, you have nicknames. So I had nicknames according to, you know, they start off with according to your personality and they, they can kind of vary depending on who knows you. Um, and people call me those names sometimes based on the time frame that I came into their life. There are times when you can tell who my family is and who my childhood friends are because of what they call me. My, my, my family um, that I grew up with, my close friends, my childhood friends that I grow, grew up with, they know Dini. That was my nickname. They know Dini. That was my childhood nickname. As I got older, you there were got to high school, you know, middle school, you hear Ray, you hear Riri. Those are people you can identify that met me right around middle school, high school, knew me in church. That was Riri. And then when I got to uh, towards college where the system would comprehend uh, Marie Elizabeth as Maria, people started calling me Maria. It's short for Marie Elizabeth. So depending on the time that you came into my life, I have three different names. They are all me ascribed to my different personalities as a, as who I was like as a child, the nickname Dizzy Dean, because I was learning to walk, spin before I hit the floor. At the time, there was a baseball player out that was Dizzy Dean that spinned around before he hit the ball, and they called me Dizzy Dean. And I was like, no, I'm the Dean. So I kind of nicknamed myself, and that Dean stuck. So my family that I grew up around, my godparents, people that know me from a childhood, they're going to... When you see, when I see them, they're going to say Dini. So it's it's still me. It's still me. And I will still answer to that name. I will still answer to Re. I will still answer to Re Re. I will still, but you notice how they're all descriptions of who I am. They're all descriptions of a point in time in my life, who I am. But my name, my birth name is Marie Elizabeth, like Mary Beth. So you, you, I answer to that. I can promise you if I'm in a room, it's, it's if I'm in a room and you say prophetess, I'm going to keep on walking. It's not until you say prophetess Marie, did I know you added Marie. Now I know you're talking to me because we all know there's 50 billion prophetess. Some true, some false. I can go there too. Sidebar. No, we're not going to go there. We, there's some true, some false. But I, when you say prophetess Marie, I'm going to pause. And I'm going to turn around to answer you because you called me by name. You called me by name. It is the same with God. He has many names based on who he's been in your life at any given time. Like I said, Jehovah Jireh, he, he has many names based on what he's been to you. But those names do not supersede God. They don't supersede that name, God. They are all descriptions of who God is. They are descriptions of a triune God. Where uh, we are, as you know, like as supernatural and the universe. Uh, to be clear, they are not descriptives of the Lord Jesus Christ nor the Holy Spirit, for that matter. When you know that our God is a all-knowing, all-powerful God, when He names Himself. I am that I am. I am that I am. I can be nothing more than what I am. And I am encompasses so many different things that we will know 
as we walk with him. As we walk with him in what? In relationship, in relationship. So as a sidebar, we have to be very clear. Watch what you gravitate towards. Watch what you're moving towards and understand why. Understand why you're moving in that direction. Are you moving in that direction? Is, are you moving in that direction or are your insecurities driving you in that direction? Are you, are you walking in that direction or is rejection driving you? in that direction. I'm talking about towards that relationship, that relationship that's causing you to become the unwitting accomplice or causing you to agree with that which is not according to the word of God, causing you to agree with that which makes you comfortable, causing you to agree with that which feeds your pride and your ego, you know, because of your insecurities. What is driving you to those relationships? Or is it your insecurity? Is it your pride? Is it your arrogance? Is it your, is it your rejection? What is driving you if it's not you yourself? When you find yourself in these relationships, you have to be willing to step away. You have to be willing to back up so that you can realign yourself with the will and the purposes of God. We cannot allow the enemy to subtly integrate uh, our understanding of who God is with who God is not, especially, especially if we're clear that uh, following and coming into relationship with that which is not of God is going to lead us away from God. It's going to lead us away. Our language will be overtaken. It will be overran just by one choice. See, it's about, you know, I'm always going to get back to your choice, always back to your choice. See, because if the enemy cannot seduce you away from God, he'll try to trick you away from God with subtleties, just small things, just to trick you away from God. Uh, just, just real slow things to lower you away from what you say that you believe. And once he begins to lure you away, then he begins to bless you and they become too good for you to let go of. That's why we're careful about the relationship that we enter into. This is why we have to be clear that while all things are lawful, while they're lawful, you can do what you want to do. You can make the choices you want to make. Uh, they're not always expedient. They're not always good for you. The choices I could do a lot of things, but is that really going to be good for me? TV is accessible. I can watch whatever I want to, but is that really going to be good for me? Or is it something that is going to feed or nourish my own selfish desires? Those things, is it going to feed and nourish the flesh? Is it going to feed and nourish my insecurities? Is it going to feed and nourish the things that are not uh, for, that God does not have for me, make me want those things, uh, make me lust for those things? We have to be careful because sometimes, Sometimes our need to be accepted 
our own insecurities, you know, the ones that we would never admit to having because we are so, so perfect. Those securities that we would never, ever admit, no way am I insecure. No way am I fearful. I am bold, honey, as a lion. I come in roaring. And you know, you just threw up before you took that stage. Come on. We, we don't want to admit. And see, this is the thing. When we don't want to acknowledge or understand how something may affect us or 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 something may um when we don't want to when we don't want to acknowledge that we have a certain insecurity or we have a certain fear i'm talking just us and god when we don't want to be honest because god already knows so when we don't want to be honest about that thing about that issue we miss out we miss out on the lesson that comes with the acknowledgement. When we don't want to, you know, say, wait a minute, I entered into that relationship too hasty. Let me back up a bit. Let me examine things. Let me let me see with what is really happening here because I don't want to be lured away into a promise that's not mine. I don't want to be lured away into a place that that's the alternative of where God would have me to be because the enemy will do that. He will lure you away into a place that you think God would have you to be, but that's not at all where God wants you, but it looked good. It sounded good. Some of the, some of what was said lined up with what God is saying in the word of God, but maybe that thing just wasn't for you. Did you, did you pause? Did you ask God, uh, Joshua? Did you, uh, did you take the time to say, Hey, is, is, is this, is this person, um, should we enter into treaty with them or did you just enter into treaty with them? And now you're full blown into everything that's being told you and you're running in the, in a direction that God did not have for you. Is it the need to be accepted? Is it the insecurities that's driving you? What, what is driving you? It is, see, it's at that point. It's, it's at that point that that intersection where if, we don't give God access. We're actually giving the enemy access. We're actually allowing the enemy to, um, to drive and, and drive us into um, the things that uh, God did not have for us in the direction right at that pivotal point when God is about to um, bring his promises uh, fully forward for our lives, and we are to walk in the promises, the enemy will step in and he will pivot you. He will pivot you and have you going in a direction that God did not intend it. And you'll be thinking that it was God. You'll be thinking that it was God. So you have to be very, very careful, very, very, very careful. Um, now, if you look at first Timothy, um, verse, uh, I mean, first Timothy chapter five, again, where it says in verses 21 to 23, God and Jesus and all the angels back me up. Remember I read that about these instructions to carry them out without favoritism and without taking sides, sides and everything. Remember I read that to you. Um, when we, when we think about the scriptures here and I'm looking um, down at my uh, iPad, when we think about these scriptures here, um, we, like I said, we're, we're, we're retaking with what is being said to Timothy and we're trying to understand how do I apply this to my life? And I'm the leader in my life. And I'm the one that, uh, has the, uh, the, I make the decisions for my life. So I have to be careful that I don't, 
become an unwitting accomplice. Uh, and what I'm learning is that um, I'm learning that um, I can start at a point where one is uh, ignoring or unaware maybe of who they are. And um, I can say, let me give you an example. Like I'll say like back when I was single. So let's say for, this is for the single ladies. Um, there was a time when I was younger that I went through different things and different relationships. Be and, and it seems like, it seems like, mm -hmm, it seems like I didn't know how I got there, but I knew how I got there. And I knew that it was because of the choice that I had made and see, because when when we're single and we're dating, the choices are made on based on what we know at that time, what you know at that moment, just like now, now that we're older, the choices are made. We make choices based on what we know at any given moment. And we don't always take the time to, to make that choice, but not uh, give voice to that choice and let it play out. And let's see if what let give give things time a chance to give things time a time to show up things time to show themselves instead we make the choice and we're all in but when i was dating and when i was younger um you you look at things differently when you're younger and i'm talking 40 versus 20 you look at things way differently so even what you know at 40 what you understand at 40 that same thing at 20 would have been naivete but 40 you got a different kind of approach and a different understanding and for me as i look back i realized that it was my own unknowing that was part of it i didn't know another part was impatience I was very impatient and that opened the door and ushered me into relationships, whether dating or whether friends uh, that I didn't really have to be in that. And they're not a part of my life today. There were relationships that I could have simply done without. It kind of came and went, and, you know, I could take that approach or I could take the approach that I made a choice to be in the relationship, whether friend, whether dating. Now, what did I learn? What did I learn? See, because if I'm not willing to admit that I made that choice, if I'm not willing to admit that I did that, then that means that I can't see the lesson that came out of the choice that I made. I'm literally making the lesson invisible to me, the lesson that's right in front of my face. I will not see it because I won't admit, I won't admit that I did that that I made that choice. I made that choice. I made that decision. I just, I sometimes I can't help but think, do you, can you imagine how much um, unforgiveness we could release if we would just be honest and admit, I did that. I made that choice. I made that choice. Do you know how many divorces today could end very calmly if people would just, the husband and wife would just look at each other and be like, eh, I made that choice. I made that choice and I made it very hastily. So I, I'm really sorry about that. And just, you could forgive. You wouldn't be withholding the children from seeing their father, you know, single women that have children out of wedlock. You wouldn't be so mad at the man that he moved on and got married and it wasn't you. If you just admit, but you made the choice to lay down with them.
If you just admit that, you could see the lesson. The lesson would be, oh, maybe I should, um, maybe I should reserve that yes for my husband. Maybe I should reserve that. So I mean, we we could get rid of so much hatred, so much hatred if we would just admit I did that. I made that choice. So much sickness in our body because we hold on to this hatred inside our hearts and it is decaying us from the inside out if we just admit, but I did that. I did do that. I made that choice. I did that. And and gosh, God, turn me around. And God will show you the lesson. And your in your choices next time will change. Your your choices will be a reflection of the lessons that you have learned. So much deliverance can happen. Self deliverance you can have right now if you just admit, ah, yeah, I did that. Yep, that was me. I made that decision. I made that choice. I mean, you can't even say um, to the to the spouses, you can't even um, get upset with your spouse because guess what? If you you had the option, ma'am, to say no, sir, you had the option to walk away if you thought and for one moment that maybe that wasn't the person for you, or at least slow down and then wait and see until you were sure. So we can't even. We have to stop playing the blame game and putting things on other people's laps like we were just so ignorant. Yes, you made the best choice that you could in that moment. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. You just didn't know what you didn't know. And you are missing out on valuable lessons that you can have from that experience. And now you keep making the same bad choices over and over again because you're still blaming someone else. You're still blaming someone else. If you just admit, I did that. I'm the unwitting accomplice. I didn't know at the time, but the minute I knew, I should have walked away and I didn't do that. I stayed. Or the minute I knew that that friend wasn't good for me, I should have walked away from that friend. But instead, I stayed. I was hoping that I could change them. I was hoping I could make them different. I was hoping they would grow out of it. But you stayed. But you stayed. And now they're always borrowing money from you. But you knew they were a borrower and not a lender when you when you met them. They've been borrowing money from you since you were teens. But you wouldn't let go. But you wouldn't let go. There are some things that if we're going to have what God has for us in this season, I ain't saying next season because right now it's upon us. If we're going to have what God is calling us to, then we're going to have to make what some might say are some tough decisions. And this decision starts with us. It starts with us saying, bad choice, bad choice, bad choice. God, I repent. Bad choice. And turn around and go the other way so that God can show you what the lesson that you've gotten out of that matter. Because that lesson, listen, let me tell you something. We cannot expect our children to be delivered if we can't even admit our own mistakes. Half of the lessons that we could have to give to them, to pass on to them, those jewels, that richness that we can have to give on to them, they will never have because we won't even admit that we did it. 
We won't even admit that, yeah, I did that. Yep, I did that. I completely understand where you're coming from. Let me tell you what's going to come out of that. There are things today that I tell my children and they believe me and they understand because I'm honest with them. Well, now I did that. And I can tell you, this is going to be the outcome. This is going to be the outcome of that choice. So you can continue to go down that road because, you know, you got to learn for yourself or under the guise of you got to learn from yourself for yourself. Or you could just take my word for it. See, I've always been the take your word for it person. If you told me don't go down that road, a lot of times I just went the opposite way because I just felt like I don't need that. I don't need those kind of problems. I don't need to repeat that. I don't need to. I don't need to feel that. I don't need it for myself. I'll take your word for it. And I'm just going to go the other way. So there are times where we can help our children if we would just be honest. Some of our children could be delivered today. If we just be honest and say, you know, I did that. Yep, they got that from me. Guess what? The habit they have today might not be the habit that you had, but you had a habit and you know what was driving that habit. Well, guess what? The same thing that's driving that was driving your habit that you won't admit to is the same thing that's now driving your child's habit because you won't admit to it. Now you can't get the lesson of it to pass on to them. So we have to make different choices different choices. The word of God tells us in 1 Timothy 5 verses 24 and 25, the sins of some people are blatant and they march them right into court. The sins of others, they don't show up until much later. The same with good deeds. Some you see right off, but none of them are hidden forever. None is hidden forever. And that's the same thing that goes with sin. It's not going to be hidden forever. You can be ignorant, but for so long, eventually you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a choice. Are you going to keep going down the road that you're going on and curse the generations that come behind you? Or are you going to make a decision today that in order to have what God has for me, I have to make a decision. See, because we can't sign over our choices. We can't sign over our choices to someone else and expect this great level of success. Because remember, we each bring something to the body of Christ and we're supposed to be fitly joined and each joint is supposed to feed off the other. So I can't let you make a decision for my life that's outside of the promise that God has for me because not only does it put me at a deficit, but it puts you at a deficit. I have to be who God called me to be so that you can be who God called you to be. So we have to, we have to embrace, we have to embrace uh, our ability to, and our responsibility to make choices, to make good choices, good choices, because we each have a plan that is assigned to our lives. The vision that God is going to require us to do, it requires more than just me. What God has given me requires more than just me to accomplish. It requires the vision of others to accomplish that vision. So if I run up on uh, a relationship where I think, okay, this 
this person has a vision to do A and I need A. But then I find out that maybe their A isn't quite aligning with my B. Their A instead has them going off in different directions. Then that might not be my A. I might have to continue my search for my A where their vision is not so divided where their vision aligns with the will and purpose of God. Their, their division is not so split. So be clear. We have to be clear on what am I saying? Of who we are. Be clear on who you are. Sometimes we get into relationships with people because we're not clear on who we are. We're not clear on what we bring to the table. We're not clear on what is, uh, what is, what, uh, where, where we fit in the body of Christ. So we're busy trying to fit anywhere, basically that we're accepted. We just go squeeze in anywhere that we're accepted, anywhere that's going to get us where we want to go, anywhere that we believe is going to help us to meet a temporary goal. But then we find out that in the process of trying to get in where we fit in to meet a temporary goal, that we've in fact allowed the enemy to steal us away from the long-term goal, which is the promise of God that's on our life. We were walking down that road and we let the enemy move us to the left, cause us to go left when we were right on the right road as we should go. But because we weren't sure who we were, we let someone else make the choice for our lives. We let someone uh, divide the vision that God has for us just ever so subtly because we're trying to reach certain goals in the natural that we forgot about the spiritual goal. And the spiritual goal is my destiny. The spiritual goal is my purpose. And so we can't allow ourselves to become an unwitting accomplice to even our own strategies, the ones that we develop. You know, I want to be promoted on my job within five years. So I'm so focused on being promoted in five years that when my leader tells me, hey, it's time for you to walk in the calling of God, that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get to that. But right now I need to work this overtime because I got to get this certain job. And if I do this, then I'll be this or that in five years. In the meantime, the leader's like, hey, time for you to walk in the promises of God. I know I'm going to get there, but I need to work overtime over here so that I can get... See, see how the enemy just subtly distracts you with your own goals. Now you become an unwitting accomplice to your own strategies. Do you allow them to detour you uh, from the things of God? So we have to be very, very, very careful very careful. And remember, because God is the founder of relationships and he desires us to walk in unity, if we're going to walk in the Lord, we have to remember that it's in him that we live. It's in him that we breathe. It's in him that we have our being. So that means that we move together. So if my entire body is walking in the mall, my hand can't decide to stay in the car. My eyes can't decide to stay at home. 
If that were to be the case, then um, if my eyes were to choose to stay at home, that would mean I'm in the mall and I can't see. If my hand chooses to stay in the car and I'm in the mall, that means I can't work. I can't work the effort that I came to work. If I came to buy outfit, I can no longer use my hands to help me to locate the outfit that I'm looking for. So keep in mind, when it comes to the things of God, we are in, if you're in God, if you are in relationship with him, we have our living, we have our being, we have our, we live and we have our being in him. So we move with him. Guess what happens when we decide not to? Guess what happens when the hand, as I said, decides that it's going to stay in the car, then another hand will be grafted in. What happens when the eyes decide to stay at home? Then another set of eyes will be grafted in. See, what's happening today is the body of Christ is trying to move uh, with Christ, but without each other. We cannot say that we are the body of Christ and proclaim that we are not an accomplice to the enemy's tactics, tactics, but yet we won't move with each other. Everybody wants to go in their own direction. Everybody has a vision that only they can fulfill. And they run off and they may be the, 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 the hand of the body and they run off and leave the body without a working hand. And so God has to graft another hand in. They're the eyes of the body. They run off and decide that I'm better off as the feet. And so now God has to graft in a set of eyes into the body so that the body can keep moving. So we cannot say that we are part of the body of Christ and we're living, moving, breathing, having our being in Christ, but then try to move without each other. It doesn't work that way. We're all in the body of Christ. Picture, like I said, Jesus is walking. Jesus is walking. Picture when I said, when I'm going in the mall, if I'm going in the mall, my hands can't stay in the car. When I leave the house, my eyes can't decide to stay at home. It doesn't, it doesn't, my whole body has to move as I move. It is the same with walking with the Lord Jesus Christ in him. In him, we have our being, the scriptures tell us. It is in him that we live and that we breathe. So as he moves, we move. So I don't get to move without Christ. And guess what? If you're in Christ, I don't get to move without you. We must all move together. We must all, there's no such thing. The church cannot say, you, you cannot say as an individual or, or a body, a church gathering that you are moving with Christ, but you can't move with your brother that's sitting right next to you. You can't move to your sister that's sitting right next to you. And you know, they love God. You see the evidence of their fruit, but you can't move with them. You can't, you can't go with them. See, we each have a part to play in bringing the overall vision of the Lord Jesus Christ into manifestation. And the overall vision is to understand that Jesus lived, that Jesus died, that he, that Jesus was born, that he lived, he walked this earth, that he died, that he was resurrected on the third day, and that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Once we have that understanding, the only vision, the only the only strategy is one that causes us to make more disciples of Christ. That's the vision. 
That's the goal. That's everybody's vision. That's in Christ. That's everybody's goal. Now we all are going to do it in the different personalities of Christ. We're all going to do it in the different personalities of Christ. And the last time I checked, Jesus was not schizophrenic. He ain't crazy. He ain't crazy. So why, why, why y'all trying to make Jesus look like his right eye is going up and his left eye is going down? Why y'all trying to make Jesus look like he only has one hand and he's and he doesn't have the second hand? Why y'all trying to make Jesus look like he's limping? Why are you trying to make Jesus look like he don't he only has one foot and he's without a kneecap? We're trying to make Jesus look like he is not mobile, like he is not moving, like pieces of his body is all over the place. We live and we breathe in him. Get the imagery in your mind. If you are a person and you are going to A, your hand doesn't get to go to B and your other hand go to C and your left leg go to D and your right leg go to H and your left eye go to K and your right eye go to M. It all has to move together. We have to move together. We don't get to blame anyone else for our lack of movement. God, he's the one that grasps in and out. We don't grasp in and out. He grasps in and out. If we, if you are looking at your sister and brother and they are, you see the fruit, the evidence of their relationship with Christ, why can't we walk together? Why can't we fulfill vision and purpose together? Not just you. The only, listen, the only head is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. Can we get on one accord and agree? Because if we can't, then the enemy will gladly make you his toy. And you can be that unwitting accomplice that that is uh, that is that he can maneuver and manipulate away from God and uh, into his plan. He can graft you into his plan as Christ no longer can use you in his plan. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm finished for tonight. We were talking about the unwitting accomplice. If you missed part one, go back and get that from last week and uh, listen again to part two. Remember, it's 1 Timothy 5 verses 17 to maybe about 24. And just read that and get that in your spirit that as the person who makes the choices for you, you are the leader of you. You don't get to blame your pastor. You don't get to blame anyone. You, ma'am, sir, if you are in relationships that do not glorify God, let those relationships go so that you don't miss the appointed time of God, which is right now where he is pouring out, pouring out fulfillment of purpose on our lives now all at one time you can walk in everything that god has called you to be right now right now just repent turn around and go the other way get the lesson so that you can pass that let those lessons down those lessons are your testimony those lessons are going to save many souls they're going to pull many folks from the hand of the enemy they're going to rescue a lot of people let me pray for you before you go father god in the name of jesus I thank you today for life, health, and strength. I thank you for peace in our minds. I thank you, oh God, for everything that you're doing for us, in us, and through us. And I ask you now, God, just purge, purge from us filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Everything that has <coughs> attached itself to us 
through our own choices through our own choices we we proclaim and we dismiss those choices from our lives now everything that came with those choices that has moved us away from your plan and moved us away from your purpose we renounce those choices now god and we ask you god to make us whole to cleanse us once again cause us god to walk in the fullness of your power thank you for your grace that has kept us thus far thank you for your grace that will continue to teach us thank you for your grace that raises us up from that dead place even now and delivers us whole to you to you we give you glory and we give you honor and we thank you god we thank you that you will not even allow us to miss what you're doing in us right now what you're manifesting now through us we thank you oh god and we give you glory we give you honor and we bless your holy name if you would like to donate to this podcast, the information is at the bottom of your screen. And remember, until next week, do not let go. No matter what comes, no matter what comes, don't let go. You are the call of God. You are the chosen of God. I don't care what choice you made even a minute ago. If it's not of God, dismiss it renounce it turn around get your lesson and run for your life run for your life give god the glory he saved you today he saved you today by your choice he saved you today by your choice i'll see you on next week have a good week y'all have a good week i said there's so much more on the inside of you just don't let go the season for you is getting ready to change. I know you've been taking so much time to come out the negative.